What does a pharmacist do? Well, most people might answer that a pharmacist dispenses the medications that my doctor prescribes. Now, I work with a ton of great pharmacists, and one thing that I don't generally see is excitement about pills in a vial. And this is probably because pharmacists have been trained to do so much more. So what can you get excited about in your community? To find out, let's go Beyond the Scripts. Hey, I'm Will Tuft. Welcome back to Beyond the Scripts. And today we have a special guest joining us from Ohio, Miss Christina Kahn. And she is part of the uh, Klein's Pharmacy family up there. Christy, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you, Will? I'm very well. So on this podcast, it's Beyond the Scripts. We talk about what pharmacists are doing beyond dispensing medications and I think compounding is like quintessentially that thing. Yes, like absolutely. Historically, if you go back in time and and you jump into a time machine, uh, like and and think about the beginnings of pharmacy, it, you kind of think about that romantic like uh, chemist or the you know almost an alchemist, right? The, yeah, and the op- and the apothecaries. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's such a cool thing. So like uh, you know compounding. I, I think when people, um, you know, want to pursue the romantic notions of pharmacy, you can't do it without the mortal, uh, mortar and pestle. So yeah, absolutely. So that's what you're doing up there at Klein's, right? Yep. I actually I oversee both the compounding lab and retail, so I kind of have my hands in all the pots in there at the pharmacy. But yeah, compounding is it's unique. It's really fun, and it's an opportunity I did not have and other parts of my career. So it's been really exciting to get in there and and get back to kind of the basics with compounding and making specialized prescriptions. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about clients because that's a big family up there. Um, a lot, of, lot of, uh, lot of moving parts, of course, Barry Klein up there. Uh, one of our favorites. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So we actually have three separate pharmacies. Um, so I'm in charge of our retail and our compounding pharmacy. So we've got DME, we've got um, delivery, regular, you know, standard retail prescriptions, as well as our uh, compounding lab. We do non-sterile compounding. Um, so that's kind of one bucket. And then we have our Klein's AssureMed Solutions bucket, which is um, led by uh, pharmacist Josh Sweet. I uh, work really closely with him and then uh, the manager Ann Klein and Susan down at our, um, our Klein's uh, so CSS, which is Community Support Systems Pharmacy. So we've got our compliance packaging, and then we also have our um, kind of underserved community pharmacies as well. So you're right, three three separate kind of pharmacies, but one giant moving uh, system that it's been really exciting to be a part of and see different, all the different facets of pharmacy. Yeah, I actually got to spend uh, quite a bit of time up there as an installer. I, oh, I, I think cool. that was before you were with uh, was, yeah. with clients, but uh, I got to go and spend a lot of time with the uh, the envelope packaging and and figure all that out. So it was a big learning uh, opportunity for me early on as an installer. Um, but I remember just the the scope of what you guys are doing up there was really impressive. So it's it's a, a cool part of the community there. I think everybody in the it was at Cuyahoga Falls. Where else are, are you guys only in that city? Um, the Clients Assurement Solutions, so the compliance packaging and then our retail compound are all in Cuyahoga Falls. And then our uh, community support services clients is down in downtown Akron. So we gotcha. serve the greater Cuyahoga Falls, Akron area. 
Cool, cool. So when you're not in the client's pharmacy, what are you out doing? Do you have any hobbies outside of the pharmacy? I'm trying to become a runner. It's been a struggle, but <laughs> working <laughs> on it. A couple of my technicians are very into it and they are trying to, you know, encourage me along. So that's my current attempt at yeah. trying to get out and do something new. Um, otherwise, I went to University of Cincinnati. We are huge Bearcats fans. So following sports, um, we're season ticket holders. So trying to go down once a month and see some games. Um, I have a great Dane. So Big dog oh, wow. takes up a lot of my time and energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I want to be a dog person so bad, it but um, I, I love dogs. It's just it's such a time investment that I just don't know how dog people can do it. Yes, so, I'm I am very lucky. My um, my partner that I live with, he work he lives really close, so he can go home at lunch and you know take care of them and all that fun stuff. Otherwise, there's no way I could do that alone. But it's fun. It's it's a lot. Yeah, that's 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 a lot of dog, sure. Yeah, he is 155 pounds. So yeah, he's he's something. Yeah, I'm a. I, I never thought that I would be a cat person, and then years ago, somebody was like, "You should get a cat," mm-hmm. and I said no, and we got a cat. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually how it goes. And so yeah, now years later, I'm a huge cat person. So, but but they're they're a lot easier. Oh, yes. So much easier. <laughs> so um, you haven't been over at Klein's for, for that long. So tell me a little little bit about where you were at before that. Sure. So I started off my career, actually, pharmacy is the only job I've ever had. Um, I started off when I was in high school, back before they required registration certification. So my very first job when I got a car was at an independent medicine shop where uh, small town Urbana, Ohio, where I'm from. And then I worked with them as a technician and they came on as their intern. So I was there for total about 10 years. And then when I graduated from Cincinnati in 2016, I came on with uh, Target, which became CVS pretty quickly. Um, I was with them for two years and then was able to join the client's family three years ago, almost to the day, the 13th of April. So great timing. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Actually, this month celebrates... um, 10 years, almost to the day that I was at, uh, that I started here at Pioneer. It was, uh, April 11th, I believe. Yeah. So, small world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's a big month. Yes. So, um, you said that it was the first job you ever had. Yes. So you popped in, you said, this is close to home or I know somebody there. Yeah. I, Got very lucky. I was actually really upset because my best friend was moving away, but that was her job. And she recommended me to take over for her. And I took over and it kind of changed or made my life trajectory, really. So it was a blessing in disguise that she left, but it's been, you know, twists and turns here and there. But in general, I haven't really wavered much since then. So it's been been very lucky in that regard. So, so what role did you step into? I, I would assume you kind of step into the front end area, manning the the point of sale, customer interactions. Yep. I was mostly just kind of a cashier and then we had um, DME there as well. So I was helping, you know, fit compression and picking out, um, we did nebulizers, we did oxygen, we did hospital beds, the whole gamut. So I really started that as my focus and then transitioned to counting. And then we only allowed interns and um, 
pharmacists to do data entry just because of our how our system works. So gradually over time was able to take on bigger and bigger roles. And then we also opened a long-term care aspect. So I was able to get my hands at everything as an intern, which was very cool. Gave me a lot of good experience that I've been able to carry with me throughout. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to think my first job, I don't, I, I don't know how many people when they're at their first job are looking forward with that kind of like, you know, awareness of what's going on around them, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, most 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, whatever, high schoolers, you know, we're, we're just kind of like, what time do we get out of here, right? Um, but, but clearly, you, you clicked in. Was there, a, was there a pharmacist there or was there an element of compounding there that you saw? That, what, what, what kind of made you think, like, that's, that's really cool, that's where I want to go? Well, I I knew I wanted to do medicine. I wasn't sure what aspect I wanted to go into. And actually, I was very much like, I I graduated from high school. Like, I'm not going to do pharmacy. I toured a couple schools. I wasn't really sold. So like, I'm going to go. I actually went biomedical engineering when I first started. And all I had three pharmacists I'd worked with the whole time. All of them were like, you're going to regret it. You need to go to pharmacy school (laughs) the whole time. So I made it through two quarters of school at UC. I'm like, uh, guys, you're right. <laughs> what do I do? Um, so I was really on the fence between you know pharmacy and, and biomed. And at the end, I went one direction, but very quickly switched back into pharmacy and was able to finish up that way. But we actually didn't do much compounding. It was very basic, you know, easy suspensions and topicals. So I didn't get compounding really until I joined Kleins and kind of dove in head first to get trained wow. and do PCCA boot camp and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, just because you don't do compounding in school or on your first couple of jobs, it's not something that, you know, it's not out of the question, which I think is really cool. So don't get discouraged if you're out there and think, Hey, compounding might be for me. You can, you can always learn and get in there. And there's so many great resources out there to help you. Yeah, that's definitely one of those things that I feel like, well, A, people in college are going to do is second guess their direction. Yes. Um, so, you know, we, we've all been there, but it's cool that you had that that kind of structure to help uh, mentor a little bit and point you in that direction. Absolutely. That was, even to this day, I will call or text them. And if I'm in town, we'll try to get together for dinner or coffee or something. It was a very tight knit group, which is what you see a lot of times I have, I feel like we have that here at Klein's now as well, but kind of the perk of being with an independent smaller pharmacy is you get to make those connections and people want to come to work every day. It's more of a family aspect um, than some of your other job opportunities. So having them as my mentors through everything. And then um, actually one of my pharmacists there just moved to Tennessee. So it's kind of backwards because she was like, oh, well, how do I do my resume now? Because she'd been there for so long. So it's kind of neat to be able to help each other both ways now that I've been out for so long. Yeah, that is cool. That is cool. That's to me, that's one of those measures of success um, above like, you know, financial stability is is when you wake up in the morning and you don't have to go to work. You get yes. to go to work. You you're doing what you love. You're you're happy and and your your motivation. There's just like that that mm-hmm. shift that a lot of I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of crazy that a lot of people don't find that. But yes, it's. It's sad. And I, I, you know, I had stages of that early in my career and 
now like being able to be a part of that again has been incredibly rewarding and it really helps you, like you said, get up and go every day. I'm not discouraged thinking like, oh, I have to go to work in two hours. You know, it's, <laughs> so, it's like, oh, I get to go to work and I get, you know, to see my colleagues and my patients and go bake something new in the lab. It's, it's been, a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So you, you did have a short stint, which it's kind of, um, it, it's like earning your stripes, I guess, where you were at, at the three letter. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That's how I felt about it. Yep. <laughs> was that a was that a different experience there as far as your mindset and, and your involvement? Yeah, it was very different. Um, I floated for about six months before I got my own store. Uh, the Target channel is much smaller volume. So I would only have, you know, 20 hours of tech help a week and the rest was just me flying solo. So as a manager, I had to do everything from data entry to point of sale, but also keep up on inventory, give, figure out my flu shot plan, you know, all of that all at once, which was very challenging, especially that early in my career. But I'm, I feel very lucky to have had that experience because I don't think I would be able to take on the new, you know, with COVID and testing and vaccines, I don't think I would have been able to pivot so quickly and make those things a success without having that experience early on. Yeah, so let's jump into 2021. You're at um, you're at Klein's, uh, and of course, COVID nineteen has just changed um, everybody's schedule for the past year. Uh, so you jumped from compounding, but you're also doing COVID tests. You're providing immunizations. Uh, how how was that process overall? Like what 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 have you taken away from? from the past year? Um, really that in order to stay successful and keep engaged with your community, you have to be ready to do anything. You know, like we, we found out three days before we were going to get vaccine that we were getting vaccine. So, you know what, you put it together, you figure it out. And it's been, especially, it's been different for us here at clients. Cause usually, you know, we've got our, got our buckets. We all interact. We all, you know, work as a, as a whole, but we've been having all hands on deck, like all technicians and pharmacists from all stores are helping give vaccines and bill and our admin staff has been helping us as well. So it's been really a, a totally different experience trying to make everything work. And we have been able to come together as a giant unit rather than kind of our separate daily pods to make testing and giving vaccines a success, which is something we've never really had the need to do before, but when you need to get things done in three days and service, you know, a hundred people in 24 hours, <laughs> you kind of have to figure out new ways to do things. So thinking quick on your feet and not, I mean, obviously we're stressed, but just kind of like, you know what, we're going to do our best and we're going to have happy patients as long as we provide good customer service. So let's, let's go see what we can do. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that we've tried really hard to adapt to is that like crazy influx of data entry and like it's you know you hate to say like the the buzzword like unprecedented but it kind <laughs> I of is. Say it is yes <laughs> <laughs> um you know it just seems like a word that's really really lost its sting this year <laughs> yes i think every other week we have something new that's unprecedented i feel like have have things started to kind of level out and and at least 
I mean, there's still a lot of, obviously we're still kind of in the midst of the, the vaccination phase. Um, but like, has it started to normalize a little bit and gone from urgent to important and, and let you kind of get back to somewhat of normal workflow at the bench? Well, interesting enough, we actually, um, we work with University of Akron. We are their, um, their official pharmacy for athletics. So because of that, I was able to help us get a partnership to vaccinate their students, but we had J and J. So like, yeah, we're good. We've got a plan. We had three beautiful days last Thursday, Friday, and then Monday. And then Tuesday we find out we have to hold Johnson and Johnson. So we thought we were getting leveled and then now we're kind of starting from square one again. So we don't know if we'll be getting Moderna or if we're just going to wait and see. So just when you think things are going, if something else happens. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that definitely fits the uh, it fits the the current. Yep, nothing new. You shouldn't be yeah. surprised. You just roll with it at this point. That's it. <laughs> so let's talk, let's talk a little bit about um, the compounding that you guys are doing yes. there. So um, outside of the realm of global pandemics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, what, what does your compounding business look like there? Who, who do you normally um, cater to with your compounding? Sure. So I'd say probably half of our patients are podiatry patients. Um, so specifically like pain creams uh, for neuropathy and that sort of thing. So that's kind of our big, big bucket, which is convenient because we can do, you know, big batches and it's a lot easier from a workflow standpoint to do that. Uh, we also do probably a quarter is hormone replacement therapy. Um, and then the rest kind of a mix between doing pediatric suspensions and um, pet meds, I would say, are kind of our four big areas. Wow. So those are all kind of like wildly different specialties yes. where you could see any any pharmacy really like concentrate on one of those. Yes. So how, how have you... Um, a, how have you kind of built that? Mm -hmm. uh, and then B, you know, how does your team play into that? Sure. So we actually, um, we have a marketing team outside of our pharmacy team, which has helped us really be able to focus as a team. You know, I have three technicians and then I have two other staff pharmacists. So we, the pharmacists rotate through and then I have three technicians that are just lab focused. So it helps that they're able to take more time to learn and come up with new techniques and kind of see from a clinical side of things, those different buckets. And then I have marketers that are able to go out during the day, talk to offices, uh, drum up more business. So at first it was more of a kind of, it was before my time. Um, four years ago, I think is when we, we got the lab really rolling, they were doing kind of double duty. And now that we're able to have marketers in, we can try to branch out and focus on multiple buckets rather than saying, oh, we're only doing pain creams, we're only doing HRT because we have the ability on our end to to learn more of, of the making side of things. Sure. So for some of those compounds, I guess, you know, for veterinarian compounds, you're going to need you know, a, a wide variety of products. Um, I, I imagine that's going to be very broad, but it seems like the podiatry business, especially maybe there's a few uh, staples there. Like, so how, how have you kind of conveyed uh, your abilities? How have you kind of introduced that to the provider? Do you say, hey, we can meet all of your compounding needs or do you go in and really kind of 
talk about what they're using what their goals are and come up with new solutions? Yes, definitely found that the second way is more of the way to go. Um, really going in and saying, what what are you seeing that you're having trouble treating that maybe we can find a solution for? Uh, seems to get better feedback and it's more of a collaboration versus here's a script pad, pick something. You know, it's it helps it become more of a team aspect and they're more willing to I've had offices just call and be like, I had a, a provider who she got stung by a bee on her way to work. She's like, I can't take Benadryl because I'll fall asleep. So can you make something for me? And she was one of our regular prescribers for, you know, pain cream. So you start to make those kind of connections being collaborative and it can grow into them talking to their, you know, their fellow providers in a different office. And it kind of helps snowball for you if you kind of show them that you're willing to give and take a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I imagine as a provider, you may know what, you know, labeled solutions there are out there in the world for a given state, but that's the whole thing with compounding. You really need to have that relationship where you can say, here's the problem and then come up with those, those custom solutions is really exactly. Yeah. One of, um, a really cool example of that we've partnered with a podiatrist office, um, up in, uh, Northeast Ohio, up in Ashtabula, where they have um, basically drug-resistant um, podiatrists, either toe, nail, ankle infections, and they don't, topicals that are available don't work, and they've failed orals, so they basically get it tested for us. We get a microbiology sequence, and we're able to come up with a plan, make up the, a compound, and send it off as a recommendation and they approve or deny it. And we're able to help treat the patient in this whole new, very personalized, very cool way that I've never seen before. So I'm really excited about that opportunity. It's been just over a year with them now and we've had some really great results. So I'm hoping that's an area we can start to grow into as well. Um, Cause not taking these antibiotics orally could bypass so many you know, drug interactions, side effects, cause especially nail fungal infections, you're going to be on something oral for a significant amount of time. So having these other options is very exciting. Wow. Yeah. That, that is very cool. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of specialized um, solution, are you running into problems with like being reimbursed for that or are you kind of steering that in a cash direction or how does that work? We try, always try to do insurance first. Um, it's very specific based off of insurance, what they will and won't pay for as well as what we're able to use. A lot of times if you get, you're able to use like a commercially available tablet and be able to grind it up enough to use in your compound, they will cover it because there's something they know in there. So we have lots of different ways we can kind of play with it and try to get it covered for the patient. But worst case scenario, we have worked with the office to come up with a good, what they believe would be manageable for the patient population and something that we can also still, you know, do well from a profitability standpoint. So we work directly with them to kind of create our prices and if something's too expensive, we'll try to find a cheaper alternative or maybe take out an ingredient if possible. So we work with them quite a bit on those. That's really cool. Yeah, it's been, it's, I've been very excited about it. I hope we can grow it. So what about some of the more common compounds? So if you have like, um, like a really versatile pain cream or something like that, that might be beneficial for an office like that. Are you 
like compounding only like on a per patient basis or are you providing like stock for the prescribers offices to have? So we can't, um, we can't do provider specific prescriptions. We have to do everything as under an individual order. Um, but we have basically, we, over the last few years, we've kind of, kind of seen how many we use at a time. So we'll make batches of, you know, up to 2000 grams of one of our really common pain creams if we know we're going to use it that week. So we, we tend to do things in bulk. Um, we can see, thanks to Pioneer, we can kind of see how much we've used over the last 30 days, seven days, whatever it may be, and base our future fills off of that. So anytime it's possible for us to fill something in bulk and then put it in individual containers as stock, we will do it because it saves us time. We have it already ready for the patient when they call in or give us a new prescription. So it just makes the whole workflow process a lot easier to do those bulk compounds. Sure, sure. Yeah, having that shelf stock, I can see where that could come in really handy, especially if you've customized those labels, smack them on that bottle, and then it's just like having any other prescription item on the shelf, really. Exactly, yeah. So we have the return, basically, just very similar. We took the return to stock label and personalized it for compounds. So we have those. We do everything in standard sizes, and we also have... um, we make prescription pads that our reps take around that are like, you know, here are our most common ones. These are ones that 90% of the time we're going to have in stock. And these are the ones we know are covered by Ohio Medicaid, CareSource down the line. That way they can kind of choose, but we give them a little bit more um, of an idea of what's going to be best for that particular patient where they're not going to have to you know, pay a bunch out of pocket and going to be timely and everyone's going to be happy. So it's taken a long time to, to get all of that settled, but we've got a really great rhythm with it now. Nice. Nice. So outside of the podiatry thing, do you have, like, what would you say your next big, um, your next big compounding niche or compounding product is? I don't know if you do a lot of trochies or anything kind of. We've actually, probably in the last six months, seen a big impact flux and ketamine trochies for resistant depression. We've got a couple offices doing some uh, trials with that. So that's been different and pretty cool. And then we also do, you know, the Tadalafil and Sildenafil trochies as well. So we see quite a bit of those. I think probably our second biggest is the HRT. Okay. And and what is the, the HRT? Uh, so hormone replacement therapy, we do pretty much anything the provider prefers. We have trochies. Um, so this is estrogens, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, whatever combo they want. Um, so we'll do them in capsules. We do uh, vaginal suppositories, creams, and uh, trochies we can do for uh, all those options. Okay. So you've got, um, it sounds like a lot of toys in the, uh, in the compounding lab. If you're making all of these different uh, forms, all of these different uh, products. Um, how, how big is your compounding lab? Um, we actually, so we're USP 800 ready. So we have a separate hazardous lab and non-hazardous lab uh, with two hoods and two workstations in each one of those. So we're pretty good size. Sometimes it feels too small, um, <laughs> but really we can have, you know, two people in one and three people in the other and we're, we're comfortable. So that's awesome. Nice big setup. I'm glad that my predecessor, Trey, really thought ahead and <laughs> planned everything out so well. Uh, so 
what else would you say you're doing in the compounding lab when it comes to your retail patients? So, you know, it, it's really those, those special use cases are, are a great niche. You, you can go out and pursue those. Uh, what about your retail patients, you know, with just allergies or, you know, sensitivities? Like, are you, are you compounding for them as well? Yeah, we do have, um, actually a couple of patients where we compound pretty much all of their maintenance meds into capsules because they have such severe filler allergies. So, hmm. uh, you know, simvastatin, we'll do that. We have a topical metformin that we can do that's allergen free. So we have a lot of options to do the allergy free. Um, it has been kind of a challenge because a lot of our compound patients, we do a lot of shipment within Ohio. So they may not know that we have the retail pharmacy and then vice versa because the lab's kind of hidden in the back. So that has been our goal for um, really 2021 is to make more of a cross promotion effort to make sure that everyone knows that we provide, you know, we're more than just a compounding pharmacy and more than just a retail pharmacy. We can help every member of your family and do it in these very specialized ways, or we can still just fill, you know, your regular antibiotics. So that's been our goal for this year is really pushing that, that combination. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's one of those, um, one of those reasons that people choose the big box pharmacies is they just don't really know what's available locally. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And we've seen that with giving, um, the COVID vaccines, like we didn't even know that small pharmacies existed anymore. So really trying to push that and get our name out there and, if we have patients coming in the door anyway to pick up their compound, let's make them retail patients as well. So that's, it's harder than it should be, but we're working yeah. on strategies. Yeah. I had a, I had a friend who um, was really excited because they signed up for pill pack and they got their, their strip packaging. And I'm like, Okay, well, A, they didn't even sync their medications for them. So, oh, like, no. the medications, you have to basically go without until they sync themselves. Um, it, it was, I was like, this is not okay. No. Um, but they were so excited about this solution. And I, and I was like, look, I can find a pharmacy, an independent pharmacy in your town that offers that same solution with the a better copay for the drugs that you that aren't covered and you know you're dealing with somebody local who's going to help you sync your medications and cares about you and you know um someone you can actually call and get a hold of like yeah that's yeah that's disappointing yeah 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 it's um you know maybe maybe these podcasts will catch on people from outside of so. uh, <laughs> people from outside pharmacy hopefully uh, you know stumble into this so who knows so somebody other than, you know, the, the people we see at Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> yeah, just I'll send it to, you know, my local parent, my parents, my family, guys, just all over, please. <laughs> so what happens uh, at, at Klein's Pharmacy with your adherence packaging patients? Because you guys do a lot of adherence packaging. How do you approach that with your patients to get them kind of adherence minded, first off? Sure. So... Our adherence packaging facility is actually a separate pharmacy. So that's Klein's AssureMed. That is run by my colleague, Josh. Um, he has grown it tremendously in the last couple of years. It's been pretty amazing to watch. Um, but they do, we do share some patients. So if we have a patient that maybe is failing MedSync or 
just having a really hard time even with MedSync, we, it's nice that we can refer them to Clients Assure Med that's just down the hall. So we can kind of work together. We'll grab one of the other pharmacists, talk about their medications and see what is going to be the best route for them rather than having to say, sorry, we can't help you. You have to go to one of the bigger stores to get your meds package. So it's nice to have that opportunity right up the street. So we're still staying in the client's family, but we're able to help them in a different way that maybe my store is not able to. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was wondering. Is there like a complete separation there? Because generally when you think compounding, it's kind of its own thing, but do you approach compounding with that adherence mindset or do patients just look at compounding differently because it's something that was made for them? So maybe, maybe they're naturally more adherent to it. Yeah, we've actually had pretty good success. We use the MedSync tool for our compound patients. So uh, right off the bat, our providers actually have a opt-in or opt-out sheet for automatic refill that they will fax to us along with their prescription. So that's a nice mm. um, kind of start of that conversation. And then we will follow up, like say we fill a pain cream for someone, we set a medicine call for 28 days later to check in, okay, it takes a couple of days to make. So if you would like us to put you on automatic so that you don't run out, or if you don't necessarily think it's working, or if it's lasting you longer than that 28 days, we can work with you on making sure with between the mail and, you know, taking sometimes a few days to make the medication, it can get, they can end up going without and not even realize it because they may not know how in depth the process is on our end. So we try to make an effort to help them with adherence. So they don't call on, you know, Friday at 5 PM and say, Hey, I'm out of my progesterone. You can just put in a bottle, right? Like, no, <laughs> that, that never happens. Does it? Oh, never, never. <laughs> so we've, uh, we've found ways to help with adherence and especially like we have you know, pediatric meds. We do everything in our power to make sure that they are on our automatic refill or at least set for us to call them about a week before they run out just to check in and be like, Hey, it's due. Can we go ahead and get it ready for you? So you don't run out. And then most of them convert to automatic patients for us in general, just because yeah. it makes it so much easier for them. Mom doesn't have to worry about running out of medication. And it's we've definitely utilized adherence with those patients. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can imagine, especially with, you know, something like a, you know, chronic condition, something you're going to be taking over time. Um, if it is something like a cream, you know, maybe a, a tablet, you, you have a very definite dose. Um, so I can imagine that can be a, a challenge. So if you talk to them three weeks in, they're already completely out or they've only used a quarter of, you know, I, I can see where that would be a challenge. It's very, it's, it definitely varies from patient to patient. If, you know, based on our standard um, directions and sizes, you could go from using your entire bottle in 10 days, or it could take you 30. So we try to find out, we have just, you know, snippet ready to go. You fill in the blank for how many weeks that they want it auto-filled. And then you, you set it for that many days in your medicine cycle. So it goes, we, that part, we, we recognized that it, we shouldn't just do everybody for 30 or everyone for 14. We need to make sure we see how often they are using it and adjusting our, our sinks and adherence refills mm. accordingly. 
What a great use for snippets. Anybody out there that's not using snippets, those little, basically you can create in Pioneer Rx like an entire sentence or a paragraph. And in this case, just kind of Mad Libs. Yeah, uh, exactly. For, yeah. You know, the dosage times of day or whatever, but quick, shorthand, consistent way to get those messages across. Oh, yeah. We love snippets. <laughs> <laughs> Do you um do you end up putting those on the label or how do you convey that to the patient? So we will we do the follow up call originally. Say you know how long did it take you to use your pump? Uh, kind of get an idea like, and kind of decide together like oh we'll do this every say twenty one days we'll put you on auto. If it's too much, let us know. If it's not enough, let us know. We'll alter it. But here's where we're going to start for now. So then we go into the MedSync critical comment and do the snipper right there. That way it's it's right in front of you when you go to make your um, your cycle days at 21. You put the 21 in your Mad Lib spot and everybody can kind of see. I'm going to use that a lot now. You can kind of see everyone knows what's going on. And then if the patient calls and says, you know, why did you do this in three weeks? I said four. I'm like, well, sorry. You know, we misunderstood. Originally we thought it was three. It's documented. And then we can make changes from there. Sure, sure. So um, where do you see your compounding going? Maybe, I don't, I don't know if you saw any opportunities during the past year when everything was crazy, uh, you know, but, but, but maybe on a normal day or versus, you know, and uh, pandemic days, where do you see compounding going in the future? I really, I hope, and I think it will go more towards this route, like I mentioned with the antibiotic creams, mm. where we're able to really use our clinical knowledge and take very detailed, independent look at each patient and try to make something that's going to fit them in the best possible way. Because, you know, there's so much out there and this seems like the best opportunity for pharmacists to really make a difference and kind of carve our own path and trying to find a new way. Because there's, you have to have your niche in independent pharmacy. You have to have something that really makes me, me stand out from the three, four other compounding pharmacies that are in you know, a, a 25 mile radius from here. So if that's something we're able to do and providers trust us to make those decisions, I'm hoping we keep continuing in that direction and finding some more providers that are up for doing the same thing. And I think it could also go that way with hormone replacement therapy, being able to see labs and help recommend different um, adjustments to those because they are very much I mean, it's, it's feeling based, but there's a lot based on your labs as well. You don't want to run too high, too low. So I think that is my goal anyway, is to try to kind of go in those more very clinical and, and decision-making processes on our end where we can take things off the provider as well. How do you see that fitting in? Like, let's say you're using the appointment-based model, you're using some kind of med-sync model where the patients are coming in. Some of it's lab-based, some of it's going to be conversation-based that you can only really get that information if you're spending time and if you're getting the right documentation with those patients. So how do you build that out in a model that is going to be profitable for the pharmacy, effective for the patient and, you know, check all the boxes as far as like, is this sustainable? Yeah, it's, that's a great question. Um, there are some pilots floating around, uh, where it would be a, um, a payment model based off of sitting down with a patient and especially um, discharge reconciliation with their medications on the retail side. 
um, nothing that has been brought to my attention from a compound side. So in my thinking is it probably would have to be a cash-based model, but thinking to a lot of our hormone replacement therapy, they are 90% cash paying patients. So if it's a service where we can prove to them that we're, we're going to help them feel better and be less trips to go see their doctor, I think there is a place there for us to be able to make an impact. Absolutely. I, I can, I can think of like very few more personal, um, you know, medication regimens than a hormone replacement. So just making sure that you're getting something that's really customized to you. Um, you know, I, I see so much value in that. Yeah. And I mean, there are some, you know, if you know, your population is more of, you know, the Medicaid low income route, it's not going to be an option. I mean, we, we could still, obviously we would, we would still do it to help the patient, but it's not, you have to kind of figure out which way you want to go so that you're still able to be profitable as a pharmacy and still be able to really make an impact on your patients. Yeah. So do you see at like a point in the future where, I don't know, part of like your new patient intake is a a quick look at some pharmacogenomic testing, allergy testing, and then, then let's look at your disease states. That is the dream, Will. (laughs) (laughs) That is the dream. And unfortunately, I think the first step to that is being able to integrate with some sort of hospital system, you know, like Epic or whatever, my chart or something where we would be able to have easy access to those labs rather than, you know, harassing offices and be like, Hey, send me, send me the labs. So that would, I mean, that is my dream is to be able to just be able to pull up their records and take a look at it and make some comparisons and have a discussion and see what we can do to, you know, decrease meds, change meds, whatever that may be. And I'm hoping now that we are, you know, getting more um, push behind provider status and seeing some of that change that it'll be in the next five years, fingers crossed, but definitely a service we can provide. And I hope that people start to kind of see all that we can offer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you think that there's going to be like a time where there's a market for almost like a, like a, um, I don't, I don't want to say like the whole foods version of, of medicine, but that, that kind of mindset where like, I'm very conscious of the ingredients in the medications that I'm taking, Mm -hmm. because if you would have told me 10 years ago that we would be having like controversy over gluten and bread and, and school lunches and, and, you know, I would have said you're absolutely crazy. Right. Um, but, you know, there's all kinds of fillers and dyes and, and, and all kinds of things in, in every medication that we take. Like, so outside of the realm of, of um, you know, the, the clinical aspect of it, do you see like a strictly kind of, you know, conscientious effort to only have that boutique medication available? I would not be surprised. It may already exist in some facets, to be honest. I, that's, I feel like as a society, we are tending to go that direction of being more conscious of what we put in our bodies. The problem with that and compounding is I can't just make you, you know, an allergen-free, dye-free medication because you don't want the dye. Just from a legal standpoint, we can't make something that's already on the market unless there is a legitimate reason that's detrimental to their health. So even if we go that direction, my hands will still be tied from that aspect because there is, there's stuff on the market already that can fill that need. 
Ah, uh, interesting. Interesting. That's, that's kind of a cool aspect. I was I was just thinking like, man, all you really need is a really sharp logo right. <laughs> and, and website and like <laughs> the rest yes. is <laughs> yes. like it's all mar- it's all marketing from that point. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. But yeah, so like the like I mentioned, we do like simvastatin for patient, but it's because she has documented very severe allergies to gluten, lactose, dye, everything. So that's why we are allowed to make it. But had I have someone off the street that just doesn't want, you know, pink propranolol, I can't just make it because of that reason. Yeah. Yeah, that is, I don't know. It, it definitely seems like that's something that seems like should be a choice if, uh, you know, if the tools are there, but I guess medication is, um, you know, there, there's a lot of hoops to jump through with. There is yes. And the whole, you know, regulation (laughs) and making sure that everything's exactly the same, you know, the manufacturers have been gone through all of that. And yes, we have our quality assurance. We have everything, but I, I get why they, they don't want to go that direction because they've been in house and they've seen how everything works and, sure. You know, it's not everybody can say that they're as, you know, efficient as that. We do our absolute very best to be that efficient. But, you know, that's us. You don't know what's happening, you know, down the street or in the next state over. So, yeah. So um, before I let you go here, I guess let's talk a little bit about the technology that you use. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of talked, uh, we touched on the lab. So yes. is there any technology that you found that's really helpful? Obviously, you're a Pioneer RX Pharmacy, mm-hmm. uh, and you guys are using that for your compounding, right? Correct. Yep. We are Pioneer only. We I know a lot of people integrate with the PCCA system, but we are strictly Pioneer for our compounds, yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, what else in the pharmacy are you using? Like, what other pieces of technology? Do you have scales or using, um, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of mixing device that you really like? Is there a is there a mold that you really like? <laughs> you know, any any what what gets you excited to to pull out of the drawer? So we actually last year got some beautiful new undulators. It's kind of it's funny when you get excited about this kind of stuff, but they are. <laughs> They are beautiful. They're huge. They can do 2,000 grams, which is double what we were able to do before. And we got one for the hazardous and one for the non-hazardous lab. So they're a lot of fun. Um, We have just your standard scales, nothing too exciting there. Um, And then, oh, well, we do have capsule machines. I'd never seen one before I came to Klein's. I know they are probably pretty commonplace in compounding pharmacies, but I had to hand punch everything when I was learning which takes forever. And we have a machine that'll do 300 for you all at once. So that was, I think I was most fascinated with that when I first came back in the lab. Like, really? Yeah. You made me do 100 capsules <laughs> by just poking it in there and then weigh them all. Yeah. So that was that was pretty exciting for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought about you guys uh, last year, I guess, when we pushed out the feature for um, – Purity, uh, like when you're making a batch that'll let you cal- like recalculate the adjusted weight. Yeah. And I was like, man, I know there's some people out there that are totally going to geek out on this. And that makes me like super, super happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anytime we see compounding updates, we're all over. It's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Awesome. I'm going to let you get back to compounding and the pharmacy up there at Clients. Thanks so much for joining us. And um, can't wait to have you back, hopefully in person sometime. Hopefully next year. Yeah, looking forward to Connect 2022. Yeah. 
2020 pushed out to 22. Yeah. 2020.2. There we go. I like it. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much. We'll see Thank you soon. You, and it was a pleasure. All right. Let us know uh, what else we can do for you. I know um, you're constantly in contact with uh, with our compounding crew. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. We will. <laughs> well, tell everybody we said hi. Tell Barry especially. I will. He said to t- give you guys his best as well. All right. See you later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Scripts, presented by the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please support our channel by liking, subscribing, and clicking the notification bell so that you'll be notified anytime we post new content. To stay up to date with all of the latest independent pharmacy news and content, follow Pioneer RX on your preferred social media platform.